Welcome to the Chill with Phil weekly podcast. Everything about e-commerce, digital marketing, growth hacking, strategies, and more. If you're passionate about these topics, you will definitely want to hang out with us the next hour. Now, here's your host, Phil Kiprianu. Hey guys, this is Phil K for Chill with Phil, your weekly podcast. Everything about e-commerce, digital marketing, growth hacking, affiliate marketing, and much more. So if you're passionate like me about that, you'll definitely want to hang us with uh, you want to hang out with us basically for the next hour. And tonight we have a special guest, um, an amazing guy, a good friend of mine. We've been you know talking for. Ever we've been meeting for uh, for multiple times also around the globe, and um, this guy has been there uh, for a long time in the e-commerce industry as well, helped to build multiple uh, multi-million dollar brands, and he really knows what he talks about it. And tonight he will share with us one of his great experience in helping one of the biggest athlete platforms, especially in e-commerce and the in the t-shirt apparel business. And I would like you to welcome my friend Tim Crow. So hi Tim. Thanks Ooh. for yeah. <laughs> Thanks love for it. Love it, man. Yeah, you're right. We actually, I think we never have, well, I, uh, last year or the year before we met at your hometown of Montreal, but I think our first several meetings, we were in either Vegas or New York or wherever. I mean, we were all over the place meeting, so you're right. <laughs> exactly. It's And, and that's a bit, uh, you know, the, the reality of multiple e-commerce guys because we are doing business all around the world. We're yeah. creating this connection. And uh, it's ra- it's rare that we meet in our hometown own uh, town because there's basically not a lot of stuff happening out there, you know. And uh, I think you're based in Michigan. I'm based in Montreal. There's a lot of activities there, but most of the people that I know, I mean, are doing business in the United States or even now much more in Europe. But the community here in in uh, in our local town is very small. And basically, I don't know why, but it's like we never hang out with the people in our town. We always hang out with the people elsewhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they just don't think like us, right? Is that what it's kind of it is? <laughs> exactly. We're different in a good way. We're special in a good way. <laughs> to- totally, totally. So um, we had a chance to do a couple of webinars together in the past, and uh, I think you're a guy a bit like me, passionate about, you know, uh, e-commerce, driving results, helping people also. I mean, oh, I think absolutely. that you're always there when there's someone asking questions or need help in this business, just jamming about, you know, what we can do the next, what's the next big, big thing and how we can, you know, uh, bring that to the next level. So, I mean, that's one thing I really appreciate, like from you, and uh, because you know that's the thing that in um, in this kind of business uh, we need a lot because we are like most of the time solo entrepreneurs, very small team, and we need to 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 get close all together. So, and at the end, you know, yes, some people will say, oh, that's competition or anything like that, but it's it's not really that. I think it's much more than than being. Uh, than competing, you know, and there's so much place in, in this industry that, I mean, it's good for everyone. And I think it's all, at the end, how we all grow uh, in a very positive way as well together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's absolutely amazing to me um, when you look at, yes, there are some guys that like to just kind of sneak in and steal the products or designs. I've seen that for now six or seven years, but with this industry, the e-com, and let me give you this illustration because I think this perfectly illustrates exactly where we're at. In the United States, we had an industrial age. We had this big boom, right? And, it, and from the time that we created the Model T to the time that we put a man on the moon, it was only 80 years. That's crazy. And when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, 80 years is not a long time with those huge leaps in that tech or in that industrial age, right? Well, right now we're in this technology age, and it's no longer just the United States. I mean, we're talking a global economy kind of thing going on with this technology. And quite frankly, I mean, yeah, it's been more than 10 years, but I still feel like we're in these baby stages. We're still in that Model T stage of where we're at with e-com, with digital marketing, with all of the stuff that's going on in this technology. 
And I, quite frankly, at this point in time, don't even know what it's going to look like in 80 years. We might have a guy on the moon, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might sell stuff on the moon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so tonight we, uh, we're getting into affiliate marketing. And one thing that I found out is we are in 2019. Affiliate marketing has been there for a longest time. It changed. It evolved. And now we, we're seeing like a lot of people getting back. And from my understanding is a lot of people that are going back or starting athlete marketing are all these guys that started like e-commerce in 2013, 14. And they were there for the quick buck. And now they found out that, you know, it's a lot of work doing e-commerce, managing customer service, going after, you know, good products. And there's much more also affiliate networks that are there that offers, you know, all in this, you know, uh, package, you know, you get a good offer and you get like good support and service and all this kind of thing. The only thing that you need to focus is selling the product. And I think, uh, back then in 2013, Teespring understood that model. And you have also Sunfrog that was there that was evolving like crazy. They had like this crazy model and you were part of that thing somewhere, somehow. And that's one thing I would like you to talk to us about. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it's, it's interesting because I'm thinking back, I mean, you're talking, that's six years ago, right? I mean, 2013, because you hit that, you hit that date right on the head. It's, that's not very many people can remember that close as far as the date, but you're exactly right. 2013 is when the t-shirt bomb blew up with Teespring and then obviously with Sunfrog. Um, but we had, I actually started working before 2013, but in, right around 2012 ish is about when I stepped into that. Um, and so actually, if it's cool, can I just, can we share the slide? Yeah, certainly. That is, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about the business, the Sunfrog part of it and kind of that experience. And then we'll, we'll bring in some really, Interesting points, things that you can consider and apply right away. Absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited. So for people that are going to listen that in the podcast, that's, we have like a slide right now that is pretty visual, but if you want to refer later on, I mean, that video is recorded, so it's going to be available on our YouTube channel, on our podcast YouTube channel, Chill with Phil. So, uh, I will, uh, lay out the, the reference, you know, uh, in the description below and you will be able to, uh, to have the link to access to that, uh, slideshow there. So, don't worry if you hear if you don't hear us talking is because we're showing something at the same yeah. time. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to make sure that I explain everything because I, I got to keep in the back of my head that um, people are going to be listening to it and not just seeing some of the stuff that's going on, right? Exactly. So, um, but yeah, so are we good? We're, we're showing. I, yeah, I mean, I I, okay. I see that here on the screen. Everything is good. You are there as well. Awesome, awesome. Maybe get some people to give us some thumbs up or some comments saying, hey, I can see the, yeah. I can see the slides. We know we're good, right? Awesome. All right, so affiliates, man. When you look at affiliates, there's nothing, frankly, in my opinion, and this is my humble opinion, there's really nothing more powerful than when you can harness the power of affiliate marketing to be able to grow your business. Now, that comes along with a lot of dangers, but when you're looking at the ability to be able to sell tons and tons and tons of product out there and you can bring all these affiliates in and you can actually use them to market your product that is so much better than having yourself do the Facebook marketing or run a blog or having a team of five or ten guys or even at some of the agencies and I'm not knocking any agencies but agencies are still limited I mean you're still talking to five ten twenty guys that can market the product and watch the product right but when you're talking about affiliates think about this we were able to secure and work with over a hundred thousand affiliates when we were able to build up SunFrog. So if you had a hundred thousand people driving traffic to your website, can you imagine the change and the power that you would be able to harness by using the affiliate marketing, right? That's totally crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, because like, and now Grant, you got to be fair with this thing too. I mean, a hundred thousand affiliates, hundred thousand people. Not everybody's going to be driving traffic every day. I mean, it's an eighty twenty rule, right? Twenty percent of them are going to be just, you know, the the kings of being able to send marketing. 
but there's also going to be people that just do it here and there. But still, you've got 80,000 people that do one a day or one or two a week, and it still adds up very, very quickly, right? So so affiliate marketing is, is a, one of the most powerful aspects that you can use to be able to grow your brand, grow your business, get more sales, right? So let me go ahead and jump into um, some of the experiences that I had here with uh, with Sunfrog, and the way that we actually did this, uh, I sat down with the owner, and it's kind of funny because I remember this conversation so clearly. Um, the day we sat down, it was kind of like, hey, I've got this one business, but I've got this other idea. It's called Sunfrog. I'm not sure if it's going to work. There were so many people that were out there like, I just doubt anything's going to become of this thing, right? And so we put together our deal and so on and so forth, but I realized that we had something. And I realized that because of some of the experience that I'd seen and the power of Facebook and some of the social media parts that were going on. So we took Sunfrog from $10,000 a month to $7 million a month. And that was in about a year and a half to two years, right? That's insane. That's, <laughs> it, it was absolutely massive, the growth that we had. Um, so we knew that we had something. So if you think about it from a conceptual standpoint, we went from about 10 prints a day to thousands of prints a day. We went from like five employees to, at the time that I, that I ended up leaving, it was about 50 employees, and I know that they expanded up to about 150, 200 employees at their peak. I think maybe even three. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that they got out there in the hundreds. So when you're looking at all of this stuff, you think about the growth in a matter of a year and a half to two years, and from $10,000 a month to $7 million, and just to be completely transparent on this, $7 million was not even our peak that year. They went on to do $15 million both November and December. So double that. It's just unbelievable the power that you can have inside of the affiliate marketing, right? So at that time, the first time that I remember this experience so clearly because what did it, what did it look like and how, how could we really harness the power of being able to use somebody else's trust or somebody else's marketing platform? And the first thing that we did, not, this is one of the things that I can look back and I can say I am super proud of the fact that we were able to put this together. And this was back in the 2013, and I don't know how many people remember, but there was a team of firefighters that died, and they uh, were uh, the, the um you know, the, the Garnet Mountain Hotshots is what they were. And uh, so we did this nonprofit promotion of this T-shirt, and we donated money back into their, uh, to their nonprofit. But I had a couple of connections, and we were able to get the T-shirt with the design up on um, – Today, the, the, I'm tripping over my words here, but we were able to get it up on the Today Show. And Kathy Lee Gifford held that up on a Friday and said, this is one of my favorite things. And it was so cool to be able to watch our peaks all of a sudden every hour because it went across the coast. So East Coast, Mountain State, all the other time zones, it went across and we would see these huge peaks and we see these huge sales because of the power of an affiliate. Now, I'm calling all of these people affiliate. We're going to get into some definitions. Some of you guys may call her an influencer, which is true, but I'm just calling all of this, this classification of affiliates. And this was my absolutely first glimpse into that. And then we went on and we did other things. We found guys that were selling shirts for dogs and stuff that was going into uh, women niches and all kinds of crazy things that we were doing. And we started selling from, like I said, 10 shirts a day. Then it was 100. Then it was 500. And then it was like we come in on a Monday morning and our jaw would drop. We've got... 2,000 shirts that we've got to get printed out over this next five or six days. And so what happened is our big uh-oh. And what we realized in 2013, and I'm glad, I mean, you pegged that date right on because that was exactly when this whole thing was blowing up. In Christmas of 2013, we found out that we weren't ready for the power of affiliate marketing. This is the truth. We were 30 days behind on fulfilling our products. And I know a lot of guys out there are cringing because they've experienced this with other platforms, other providers. They've experienced this delay. Now, thank the Lord, we had some really awesome customer service people, um, and I communicated like crazy with all of our affiliates, and we didn't lose that many. Um, yes, it was hard. Yes, it was frustrating. But being 30 days behind, trying to get the product down, get it printed, is what really made me step back and say, okay, can we handle the power of affiliate marketing? And so this brings us to our two points. And there's two things that I'm going to talk to you about today. Before we can actually talk about how to use affiliate marketing, before we can talk about how to grow that part of it, we have to understand what is the structure of the company. And there are three specific things that we look at. Why is these structures so important? Number one, when you're looking at structure, you have to understand your revenue in a while. Is it affordable? Number two, 
Capacity. Will you be able to keep up with your production? And number three is your organizational staff. Will you be able to continue the operations, right? So when you look at all of these different components here, these are the three things that you have to sit down and ask yourself in the business if you're able to, to take a hold of that affiliate power. Okay, so we're going to jump into this, and this is not, I, I'm honest, I'm not being too dramatic because that 2013 Christmas was, oh crap! <laughs> I mean, it was so bad that we were getting phone calls left and right, and literally this guy being tangled up was not an exaggeration. I mean, we literally had to figure out how are we going to survive, what things, what systems have to be in place, what do we have to fix, how are we going to go about fixing it, and where are we going to go with it? So. And I, I just want, and I just want to add something there. Um, that's funny that you brought that slide because it's exactly what I asked to my customers before moving anything forward when we, we have a growth strategy in place. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that are the basic stuff. I mean, if any of you that are listening today, I mean, that are looking to help businesses to grow, that are the three main core questions. This have a huge impact on the whole rest, you know. And if there's uh, one missing part, you can be screwed like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and this, this, this structure, these questions that we're going to talk about here, even if you just engage with an agency, you can still break if you don't have these questions answered. If you engage and you bring on in-house marketers, you can break if you don't have these questions answered. So this doesn't just apply to affiliates. It, it's very, very critical because it can happen at a much faster pace when you bring on affiliates. But it's the same process. It's the same structure. Whether you're doing your own marketing, you have an agency working for the marketing, you bring in in-house marketers, or you employ affiliates, every one of these things is going to be uh, absolutely critical. So let's jump into this first one and kind of unpack this uh, revenue model. So here's the most important thing. I've got so many people that ask me about, hey, I, need to, I want to add affiliates to my space. I want, to, I, I want to be able to have the power of this, and I want to get a whole bunch of people out there marketing. And um, how much do you think I should pay them? Well, quite frankly, that's the wrong question. It's not really when you sit there and think about how much should I pay them, you, you, you kind of are thinking of it at the backwards in a different way. What you should be looking at is how much can you pay them? How much are you able to give them? These guys are out there busting their butts, working their tails off, whether it's providing content or learning out their market space or trying to identify, creating the objectives. There is so much work that goes into this that it's not a matter of sitting back and saying, what should I pay them? It's more how, how much can I pay them? So let me give you the example of what I'm talking about. This will help with anybody that's out there with products. When we looked at this model, the first thing that I took a look at it, I said, okay, we know that we can sell our T-shirt at an average of $20. When we figured out all of our cost of goods and our labor and everything else, we and I'm just going to use round numbers for easy math. We figured out that it was going to be about $5 to for our cost of the product and our cost of production. That meant there was a $15 number in there, right? And so when we started looking at that, we said, okay, what is a good scenario or a good situation that we can break this thing down? So what we looked at, and again, with, with Sunfrog, we had two channels that we considered our affiliates. We had one that was artists, and we had one that was doing all of the marketing. And so we, we basically came up with the conclusion that we can split out approximately 40 to 50%. That meant anywhere between 8 and $10 could go directly into our marketing with affiliates. When we looked at it from that perspective, that way we then knew that an average affiliate can make somewhere between 35 to sometimes 45% of whatever the product sold. We also paid then like anywhere between 5 and 10% to the artist because that made up our 50%, right? And so what I'm saying in this is we still had – we had 50% that we dedicated to our marketing. We had – 25% of our, our revenue was dedicated to the cost of goods and to production, and then we still had about 25% that we were able to use as far as for our own net. Now, there were some other things that came in that, into that net that so wasn't exactly a net profit because there was other things that had to factor into that, but we went back through and did the math, and we knew that our revenue model could support a 35 45% commission to the affiliates. 
And this is really, really important to understand because there's so many people that are out there that say, well, maybe I should pay my affiliates like 5% or maybe I should pay them 10% or 15%. What's going to differentiate you from everybody else that's out there on the market is the amount of money that you can pay them. They are working really hard for that. All right. And then I'm going to take this one step further because this is a question that came up again. And it's very critical in the revenue model. If you're giving out a lifetime commission, you're going to probably end up getting stuck at some point in time. So I had a conversation with another individual who was selling a completely different product. And he's like, well, I pay all of my guys lifetime commission on anything that's sold. So I asked him at one point in time, I said, look, I said, is there at any point in time in the future that you're thinking about being able to sell your company? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm going to build the company up and then I'm going to sell it. I said, so when you sell that, you realize that those people that are going to buy are going to have to take on all of that debt and pay all of those guys out for the entirety of their life or figure out some way that they have to buy out all of those affiliates that are promised or guaranteed commission for life. And so it's very, very difficult. It's a very hard road to go down when you promise commission for life. And I highly recommend not doing that. Now, there's a lot of ways you can get around that, whether it's the uh, one-time commission or sometimes in you put a bigger commission up front or you give them all of the commission, 100% commission on the first sale, or maybe you put an extended time, you get commissions for six months or a year. But to just give a blanket lifetime, a lifetime commission to somebody, it's almost like you're trying to tempt fate. And you're trying to figure out what's going to look like five years, six years, 10 years down the road. And frankly, you don't know. You just really don't know. So be very, very careful about that type of a model when you're putting that together for affiliates. All right, next slide. We're going to talk about capacity and production. And this is where we really got into our big trouble as far as the uh-oh. So many individuals, and I, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, sorry, not sorry thing. <laughs> so many individuals are using dropships. And they're bringing product over from China and they have a limited supply. Number one, they have a limited amount of time because as we all know, China shuts down for their new year for all of February, right? So there's a big challenge within that. You got to cover all of those things. So when you're looking at the capacity for your production, do you have enough products either in stock? Do you have enough blank products that you can print out? Do you have all of these things in place so that way when an affiliate all of a sudden takes off and their marketing goes through the roof, you will be able to fulfill those productions? If you don't, you might want to rethink on how to be able to approach your uh, your affiliate marketing. Because if you don't have this, I don't even want to call it an unlimited supply, but if you don't have a pretty healthy supply, you could have a, uh, an affiliate market that gets in there, gets a really great ad. And I mean, how many people out there have been using Facebook for long enough? No, you get a really great ad. You run out of product. You turn the ad off. Then you turn it back on, and it does not perform the same way that it, it did before, right? You just can't seem to get that momentum back. You can't seem to be able to get all that. It's the same thing for the affiliate marketers. And when they have to shut off their ad because they're not making money, that's going to absolutely crush their ability to want to sell for you. It's just going to really hinder that relationship. So make sure that you know what your capacity is and make sure you can predict that and you can get another supply in there. So this is number two, as far as within setting up the structure. Number three is the organizational structure. So another thing that happens so many times, especially in t-shirt printers and some of these other guys that are doing the etching and whatever else that, that's going on is they don't have either enough machines. And so, you know, they look at it from the perspective of, I just, they can't produce enough because if you all of a sudden go from 100 orders a day to 5,000 orders a day, you could run your one machine 24 hours a day and still not be able to keep up. So you've got to make sure that you know what the capacity is as far as the structure and how much organizational pieces and parts you have. Then you got to know about employees. I remember times when we were looking at basically pulling any doorknob off the street to be able to go print shirts. Now, we had systems and training and things like that in place. Yeah, some of them washed out. Some of them didn't show up. But we were pulling people left and right, trying to get them in there, get them trained, so that way they could print out the shirts that were needed for us to be able to maintain our, our organizational structure and our capacity, right? So these are the three things that you really have have to look at you need to understand that these are the components that you have to really work on to be able to harness and use the power of affiliate marketing um, so this is the first part um, I want to kind of pause just check to see if there's any questions on these and then if there isn't we can keep moving on and we can actually dive into some of the meat of what you guys really want to know is what is affiliate marketing and how can I use it I'm gonna I'm gonna double check your very quickly 
if we have any sort of questions related to that. Um, but I mean, one thing that you have said regarding uh, the organizational structure is, uh, and you pinpoint that uh, in terms of the machine and the training and the people is, most of these business, when they start, they, they bootstrap their business. Yeah. So they, they work with very small amount of cash and cash flow, which prevents them to scale much more. And they try to avoid, uh, avoid debts uh, on machines and things like that, which is really ca- counterproductive at the end. Yes, yeah. and it, it's where that... People need to understand that in this situation, depth is very important because this will help you to scale at a higher pace, you know. Correct. And it's not only about, uh, and when I talk depth, is control depth or, you know, lease on machines and things like that because these are things that are, uh, that you can recoup very fast, um, in a type of, uh, organization like that, you know. Right. So, uh, you need to prevent the, the, the point where you can break as fast as possible. And especially when you go, um, like you were, uh, telling, uh, at Christmas 2013, yeah. you scaled up to a certain point and you were not able to sustain that growth because the forecasting was probably not on point at a certain point at a certain time. Or, I mean, everything was bootstrapped, you know, and you couldn't expect that kind of crazy massive grow at the same time so yeah, it's just it's, not normal yeah so it's very uh it's very tricky but when you and there's like a couple of indicators there that can you know tells you, you know, okay now it's time to invest and be ready for that kind of stuff instead of trying to always pull that back and saying, oh, no, we're going to figure out things and we're going to try to make it happen even if this doesn't work. Because the other side of that, and that's one thing I've been seeing a lot, like especially in print-on-demand, is a lot of these business bootstrap so much that when they happen in this kind of peak, they cannot fulfill anymore and all their relationship with their uh, partners and merchants and even like on the customer side of these merchants, everything is getting killed basically, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's one thing that people need to understand. If, if you get into this supplier type of business, you need to prepare yourself. Why, uh, early in advance so you're not uh, hitting that you know bottleneck when you are uh, arrive at that point um and uh you know as a merchant person personally as a merchant and by my experience for the past couple of months i've um i've did a lot of business with different type of merchants and that was again today in 2018 19 was again the main problem people are launching fast they want to test their model this mvp type of model that everyone talks about you have to understand that mvp is not good for all type of business you know and uh, at a certain point you need uh you will need money you know like supplying uh, part of business, you need a lot of money and a lot of cash flow. And also your margin is so tight that you, you cannot mess with that kind of stuff, you know? Right. So that will be my, some sort of, uh, advice there, you know, from right. my own right. experience. Well, and there's other things too to consider. <laughs> so, um, no, you, you touched on the one. Number one is if you are the actual merchant. So you're actually getting the raw goods and turning them, right? Yeah. Number two is if you're the actual, what I'm going to call it a merchant again, but you're the store owner and you're getting it drop shipped. Yeah. And do, is your suppliers able to keep up with that drop ship, right? And then the other thing too, and aside of the organizational structure is sometimes the customer service. That's not something that we always think about. There is definitely an increase in customer service, whether it's the returns or phone calls or questions. There's definitely going to be an increase in this. Now there's ways to, to present and describe, but I mean, we, come on, we all know. Yeah. You post out a Facebook post and says, you can buy this apple pie for $5. In the comments, you're going to get somebody who says, what kind of pie is it? How much is it? Where do I purchase it? I mean, like, guys, really? It's right there. You know? So you still get that customer service stuff inside of there. So you have to have to think about customer service. And then if you, um, if you, as the affiliate, if you're the one that actually is driving traffic, you want to check out your, your store owner. You want to check out your merchant and find out if they have the supply. Because if you're going to enter into that relationship, you need to know that when you start your marketing campaigns, that they're going to be able to supply that. Otherwise, 
you're putting your customers relationship between the affiliate guy that has all the customers and the, and the customer, you're putting that relationship at risk. So there's a lot of ways to really sit down and think about and consider. You need to have all of these things in place. And you're right. When it comes to bootstrapping, there's definitely ways. And so many people, they get so excited about the sales of what they start seeing and the numbers start clicking and clicking. And they're just, they get really super excited about it that they didn't realize, or they don't realize that you need to make sure you've got some of these things in place. I, I just talked with a company down in Traverse City. They're doing $20 million a year. They do not have the organizational structure in place. They grew like a weed. They're not able to, to sustain this. I mean, they're literally ready to implode at yeah. a $20 million a year business, and they're ready to implode. And so when you're looking at this stuff, because of what we're talking about right here, knowing your revenue model, knowing the capacity, knowing and building out the organizational structure, that is the only way to have long-term success. Otherwise, you're going to see just like so many of you maybe even have experienced, you're going to see these flash in the pans. You see these guys blow up real big, make a bunch of money, and then they just disappear. Well, where did they go? Hmm. What happened? They didn't have all of this stuff in place. They didn't understand it. So they either went bankrupt, they couldn't supply, they lost their customers, something like that happened. Yeah, totally. All right, so let's jump into the actual affiliate part of things. And the first thing that I want to do for everybody is just to make sure that they understand the terms. Because this was one of the things when I first stepped into it, I did not understand uh, what an merchant was. I didn't understand affiliate or even an influencer. So here's real basic. Um, And there's a lot more definitions and things you can go ahead and do research on your own a merchant is the individual that has a product you have a product that you are selling to a customer that's a merchant an affiliate you drive traffic to a product or service for a set price whether it's a commission um, whatever that agreed upon price is you basically drive traffic for a exchange in dollars now the difference is between an affiliate and an influencer, and this is, again, where I, I personally have this belief, and I have never found this anywhere else. It's just what I think. Um, so the affiliate pays to drive the traffic. An influencer has their own following that people trust them, and so it's more of an organic traffic that comes through. They do not pay for it. Um, think about Kim Kardashian. Uh, she's got how many followers (laughs) hundreds of thousands of followers maybe even millions of followers right um and so she is an influencer and people trust what she says and go and buy now she doesn't pay those people or she doesn't pay for the marketing for those people they just automatically go and do that and the reason why i use that illustration there with kathy lee is kathy lee was an influencer she didn't pay all of those people she didn't pay to have the product put in front of all those people it was her trust and the fact that she has so many people following her So those are the differences as far as what you're looking at. I've heard so much talk about influencer marketing lately. I would say in the last three months, this has come up dozens and dozens of times. Um, Oh, I need to find influencers. I need to figure this out, whatever. Just keep in mind that an influencer is not really truly – it's more of a subset of the affiliate. The influencer is not paying for traffic. And so, therefore, an influencer model might be slightly different than somebody that's actually paying for the traffic to come through to your website. Makes perfect sense. And uh, for your information, Kim Kardashian has 130 million followers. There you go. (laughs) Guarantee you, (laughs) anybody else that's an affiliate to try to put a product in front of a, what did you say, 130 million? Yeah. 103 million, 1.3 million? Uh, No, Um, and 130. Gotcha. So, I mean, to to pay to have eyeballs, that many eyeballs from an affiliate market, that's going to be a lot. And then the convert ratios and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, she's got massive trust, a massive following, and she really is a powerful influencer, right? There's others that are like this. I just happened, I don't know why, she was on a Facebook page or something just recently. All right. So, like I said, all of the things that you need to consider here before you start building this out is make a decision on what type of traffic you're willing to pay for. Number two, provide creatives for the affiliates. And then number three is make sure that you provide communication. And in case you missed that, you need to provide communication. And let me say that one more time. Provide communication. That is the most important thing that you can do with the affiliates. You don't just set them up and let them run. You've got to be communicating with, hey, we saw this is working. We saw this, is, this product is really selling right now. The more communication that you can give to the affiliate, the better they'll be the more successful they'll be. The more successful that they are, the more that they're going to want to market for you. 
the more they're going to want to drive traffic to your to your products. So you've got to communicate. All right. So when you're looking at this, what type of traffic are you willing to pay for? Here's the confusing stuff. If you've never been in marketing, this is all Greek. You have CPI, CPC, or CPC again, and you've got email list, and then there's about a thousand more three-letter acronyms that will tell you how you drive traffic and how you get paid for it, right? Super confusing. The only three that I ever really focused on when I was working was the cost per impression, which is CPI, the cost per click, which is CPC. Funny how this works out. The cost per conversion, which is also a CPC. So there's, those are the three things that I always focus on. And again, I always got confused because people always refer back to these things and they're like, well, it's a cost per click. Well, yeah, it is, but it's actually more of a conversion. And that's what I'm looking for. Anyway, don't want to go into that whole thing. I'm sure that there's other people that are going to go out there and say, well, you forgot about this one and you forgot about, I'm, I know, I, I get it, totally get it. <laughs> but these are the three that I just really wanted to focus on. So the cost per impression, what that means is you have a website, a blog, um, man, I've seen it both in uh, Instagram, I've seen it everywhere, is that they say, hey, I've got 100,000 followers. I will do one post, and, you're, and that one post is going to cost you $1,000. So that basically means that your cost per impression is $1,000 for, I don't know, 100,000 uh, 100, followers, if 100,000 followers actually saw that. That this is, in my opinion, this is the the probably the worst way to be able to try to drive traffic, um, because you really cannot count on the fact that you, their traffic is actually going to number one see it, number two you can't count on the fact that if their traffic does see it they're not going to click on it, and then after they click on it are they actually a type of individual that's a buyer that is going to give you the sale that you want for your product? So we never use cost per impression. We tested it a couple times, just found that it was not useful. I am sure that there's going to be people out there that are marketers that say, nope, sorry, this always works. It's great for me. That's great. I'm totally comfortable with being wrong on some of it. I just know for me, it didn't work. I just want you guys to be aware of that. The second thing is the cost per click. Again, for me, it never worked. When we were working with Sunfrog, we lost a ton of money going out there and paying for all of these clicks. Um, plus in addition to that, I think this was still kind of in the black hat days. So people were generating false clicks and we had to pay for all these false clicks and stuff like that. So, um, just for us, it never worked. So what we focused on was the cost per conversion and that's where the commission came in. So like I said, at the very beginning, our revenue model was structured that you got paid for every time a shirt sold, which was either 35, 40, whatever it was, a percentage of that sale. And we felt, especially with um, individuals that were true marketers that really had a good audience, they could make so much more money on the conversion side of it than they could on the cost per click or the cost per impression. Now, I know that there's going to be haters out there, and I'm totally fine with that. I'll take it. <laughs> totally fine. Um, but there are still people out there that have massive Instagram followings. Um, there's other individuals out there that have huge blog sites. They get tons and tons of uh, eyeballs on their websites and whatever, and they are still selling based off a of cost per impression. If that works for you, the only way you're going to know is if it fits inside of your revenue model. That's it. Yeah. You have got to know your analytics. And I go back to this every time. And uh, there's a couple people out there that are really, really sharp with knowing their numbers, knowing their click through, knowing their uh, conversion rates and everything else. And if you know your numbers that well, and you can dive down, get Google analytics set up and whatever, and you know that you can pay per cost per click and it works in yours, then by all means, embrace it. But make sure you know your numbers. Otherwise, it's going to sink you, sink you fast. Mm -hmm. The other parts that are out there, and I know um, we've got a mutual friend in Gabby. She does email list. She is great at being able to create emails that will convert. Other individuals are not so great. And so they say that they've got a 50,000 email list. They send out an email list and they get like a 1% open rate, which is pathetic. And they just don't have any way to be able to guarantee, but they still want to charge you to be able to send out that email to these individuals. I was approached multiple times by a company that was over in Traverse City that does this. And they said, well, you subscribe to us. We're going to get you an article in, the, in our magazine. We've got a subscriber list of 25,000. We've got, but it's going to cost you, you know, like five grand a month. And I'm like, wait a minute. So what does that translate in as far as for conversions? What does that translate in as far as getting people onto my website? Well, I'm sorry, sir. We can't guarantee that. Well, what's your open rate? Well, it depends. It's really not that high. Uh, we've got like a 
2%, 3% open rate. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. So you want to charge me five grand a month without any kind of a guarantee for sales or anything, or I could go and I could work with an agency or somebody else that does really great with Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever else you're talking about, pay them a conversion rate and be way better off in the end. So you have to look at these things. You've got to really understand your revenue model, understand what your conversion rates are, your analytics. You've got to know that stuff. But this is kind of a real quick overview of what traffic is and how to understand it and how to be able to use affiliates because there's going to be affiliates in each one of these sections that will say, hey, I, I want to get paid per impression. I want to get paid per click. I want to get paid per conversion. We only at SunFrog did conversion. That was it. All right, so I probably kind of really hit that topic almost too much <laughs> but it's a big one and if you yeah. don't know your analytics you don't know that stuff it's going to be really tough to know how to do business with that right totally all right so do you have anything to add with that phil i know you guys work a lot in this kind of area so i i, I was just trying to give an overview and i know you're you're really good at this stuff no, I, th I think i think you, you nailed it and i think when you have a model similar like that and you want to surround with uh good i mean you, you're basically looking for performance you know so the performance you're looking is to get instant or almost instant result or something that is highly measurable and like you were saying at a certain point you know uh only doing branding or only doing uh a, a direct traffic to your website i mean that won't help uh, a lot it, instead of having eyeballs but this is not what you're looking you're lo really looking to get sales so i think that um these strategy for specifically like this kind of model it's really i mean what you're looking for like anything related to performance and that can converge so you're right. on it that's for sure absolutely absolutely so all right so the next thing is how do we use affiliate marketing to grow your business um, and the one thing that i'm going to really talk about here real quick is the direct affiliates and this is going to break into two components it's direct affiliates and then it's the uh i'll call it the program affiliates or the affiliate platforms right so direct affiliates is where you go out and you are i'll just call it guerrilla marketing you're actually finding individuals that have an audience that is almost identical to yours and you, they, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt if your product goes in front of their audience that they are going to sell. And, I mean, this was back before I even knew about uh, the, the affiliate programs and stuff. I did this on a daily basis. So what I would do with our shirts, and our shirts were obviously a lot – we had a lot of categories. Let's just use dogs. I would literally go on Facebook, and I would type in dog, and then I would open up the pages, and I would right-click every one. And I'm not kidding. I mean when I was going across the screen on the very top of it, I would have probably 100 tabs open, and then I would message each one of them. Now, I got Facebook jail for that. This was back in 2011, 2012 because I was copying and pasting the same messages. But I was – it was the hard work, the daily grind of just trying to find people that had an audience that I could tap into and pay that individual. And again, this was before Facebook blew up and most people didn't even know they had a great page. They were passionate about their dogs or their puppies or whatever it was. And they didn't even know that they could make an extra $100, $200. Now it's a little bit different. But you can still go out there. You can still find. You can still find blogs. You can find Instagram um, individuals that have lots of following. But just make sure that their audience resonates with your product and there's some kind of a connection. If there's not a connection, um, and I, I mean, I know, Phil, you do a little bit of biker stuff. If you go and try to sell that to you know, some girl that's on the beach, it's probably not a good connection. I mean, that just doesn't – it's not the same, right? It, it's oh. two different audiences, right? And so you have to make sure that you know who your audience is, who your avatar is, and then go and find affiliates that you can use specifically for that. So – when you market directly, um, you're going to have to create a back office to be able to manage these, to be able to track the affiliate sales. Either you have to physically do it yourself or you have to use a third party, which would be like Cake or HitPath. There's a whole lot of other ones that are out there um, that you could actually use and focus on. I, I don't have a preference. I just know um, uh, Reversion is another one that's out there that tracks things. And even now with Shopify, I know that they're creating apps to be able to track and, and understand affiliate sales that way. So there's a lot of ways out there. And again, I don't have a preference in any one of those. Just know you either A, have to do it yourself, or B, you have to use a third party. Um, the other one that is in place is what we call the joint venture. A joint venture is a short-time promotion with a unique, a unique link for tracking. 
Now, this is more, like I said, it's just a project base and it's a short term kind of a scenario. So if you had a special that was going on or if a company wanted to be able to promote something for a short time, this is exactly what we did with the, the Today Show is that was a joint venture because it was a short amount of time. They're not going to promote all of our products all of the time, but we had a relationship there where it ended up benefiting a third party, which was a nonprofit, but that was a joint venture, short time promotion, and it had unique links for tracking to see exactly what was going on. We see that a lot in the uh, info marketing space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Info marketing space all over the place, especially with uh, um, courses uh, trainings, those kinds of things, all uh, promotion for events, a lot of this stuff all over the place. But it, it, just keep in mind, you can still use this for products. And I've seen it used very successfully for products. Um, like I said, with today's show, we were able to use a joint venture or short-time relationship, a short-term relationship with them to be able to help promote a very specific shirt, right? Um, so it can definitely be used. You just have to be a little creative. How is it going to benefit both parties and how can you make it work out? So um, just keep in mind that that's definitely there both for products as well as for, um, uh, you know, your info products and stuff. So, all right, the next one is the affiliate networks, the affiliate programs that are out there. And I'm not going to go deep into this. Just know that there is a ton of them out there. So some of the ones that just come to my mind immediately, share sale, link commission, I'm sorry, link connector, commission junction, Avon link, ClickBank, JVZoo. There's just tons of them. Um, and both as an affiliate, in other words, you're the guy that wants to drive traffic. And as a merchant, you can connect to these guys. As a merchant, there's a lot of safety in this because each one of these networks they will um, uh, vet out all of the affiliates that come there, so you have a lot less risk of uh, fraud. You have a lot less risk of fraudulent traffic, and then there's a lot, lot less stuff that, that you have to deal with. They manage all of the affiliates. On the direct affiliate side, you have to do all of that. You've got to be able to manage, work back and forth, make sure that you're not getting a lot of fraud or things like that in there, and those are all things that you have to watch out for inside of the direct affiliates. Affiliate networks, they take care of all of that stuff for you. Now, I will say this, the Affiliate Summit is the number one event if you're, um, well, even if you're an affiliate, whether you're an affiliate or a merchant, either one, the Affiliate Summit is the number one event. They have two, actually three. They've got one that is in uh, New York, one that is in Las Vegas, and they have one that's over in the UK. So depending on where you're at, you can definitely find one. Just type in a search Affiliate Summit and it will come up. And inside of Affiliate Summit, all of these guys that I have listed here, ShareSale, Link Connector, Commission Junction, all of them, Avant Link, ClickBank, they will all be there and you can talk to each one of them. They've got great customer representation. Um, I have had zero issues with any of them. They've all been good. All right, so the last thing, this is where the affiliate market, the actual marketplace platforms, this, as much as people don't want to say this, they truly are affiliates um, because when you look at the marketplace platforms, these are platforms, Amazon, number one example, eBay, Etsy, they all have their own uh, platform through which they drive the traffic, the sale, the customer is all owned by the platform. So every platform is going to have something different. There's a different set of requirements. The biggest questions that I always have to ask and we have to look at is who owns the customer data, who manages the shipping and the customer service. And then the last question, which is probably for me the most important is how much of a threat are they to your business? I have multiple friends that have put their product up on Amazon only to have that entire category stolen by Amazon. And yes, I say stolen, and that's not a harsh word. That is exactly what I feel like Amazon did, is they stole the audience, they stole the product, they stole everything right out from underneath of them. Um, so you have to really consider that and how much you can protect your IP or how much you can protect your trademark or your copyright or whatever. Frankly, if you've got a commodity product, do not I'm totally serious about this. Do not put it on a marketplace platform because if it starts doing well, somebody will come in and either undercut you on price or the platform place itself will actually see that and will create their own product and just cut you out of the marketplace altogether. So that's what I've got there. Are there any questions or any other comments or anything else that you guys want to talk about? Where would you like to go with this, Phil? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can uh, double check if there's any question first, and then we can uh, jam on that, uh, basically. Um, 
I think, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities right now, both sides in terms of, uh, of athlete marketing. Like I was saying at the early beginning uh, of the show, is uh, a lot of people that are looking to continue to sell online but don't want to have like all the asshole going up by managing customers, support, uh, their inventory, logistics, and things like that. And they just love driving traffic. I think it's a really good way to get into that. Find a program also that fits with what you're good or if you have already backed data in a certain niche, continue in that way is going to be much more easier. And on your side is going to be much more about finding the right products with the right partners where you know you're going to make a, a good bunch of money uh, yeah. without all this uh, the, the, this struggle of always fighting, getting like the, the, the good uh, products. And the other thing also is most of the time athlete networks, like you were saying, um, are basically vetting um, yes. products, you know. So what does what does that is the you start with proven products right off the bat, so you don't have to to figure out if this is going to be converting or not, or trying to have uh, your own funnel or anything. Everything is on place, so you don't have to do anything about, you don't need to think about split testing and all this kind of stuff. Everything is made uh, on their end. So yeah. that's a lot of leverage and time uh, that you don't have the, to, to spend. So the only thing you need to uh, figure out is having the right source of traffic, building up your list and things like that. I think that's a good thing there for sure and good side money as well yeah especially as an affiliate and this is the really cool thing if you've ever gone in um obviously you have to go through some checklist as an affiliate to join share sale or commission whatever you got to go through those processes to get vetted yourself but the, once you're in there you can actually organize and sort over a hundred thousand different merchants that have different offers some of the merchants are just looking for contact information some of them are looking to be able to sell a product some of them are looking for Oh my goodness, there's so many different things in there. And then each of those are categorized into different niches. So if you're just looking for dog products, and I've used that several times now, but you could be able to sell dog collars, maybe dog food, maybe dog supplements, maybe dog training programs. Like you can you can find almost anything that pertains to dogs and sell it to your niche if that's your niche. And so as an affiliate, instead of having to go and search all over Kingdom Come when it comes to actually finding a merchant, you can go right directly to ShareSale or any of the others and, hey, I want to find all of the dog products, and you'll be able to find different stuff. Now, be careful when you do that because there are some out there, in my opinion, as a merchant, they're pretty pretty stingy when it comes to money. They're like, oh, we'll give you 1%. I'm like, what, dude, really? I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, unless that thing's converting at 100% of everybody that touches it, 1% just doesn't seem like it's worth it, right? So you have to look at that, and some of them will, de will definitely be there. But as an affiliate, there's so much opportunity out there, um, whether you've got a strong email list or you can make phone calls or, or you got a blog, whatever, tons and tons and tons of opportunity out there. Yeah, I totally agree. And another strategy also that you could do is if you intend of getting into a market and you, you, you intend to get a store or something like that, I mean, I think the best way is to start, everyone is going to say that at a certain point, but start building a list, you know. Yeah. And, and to do that, why not starting doing affiliates? So basically, you can get a, a bridge page starting, you know, capturing the emails and send them to an offer, a proven offer uh, from an affiliate network and starting building something. So when you are ready and you feel comfortable about starting your own product line or anything like that, you will not start from scratch again. You will have like this huge email list that basically you paid for and you got rewarded as, as well at the same time. So there's definitely like some um, some bootstrapping here that can be done for Absolutely. a fraction of price and struggles that you would have to do if you want to try from scratch. And, you know, with all this uh, craze, craziness of funnels, people using click funnels and things like that, I mean, you can just get into the group and figure out if any one of them uh, out there are looking for affiliates and I'm 100% sure that there's going to be a ton and they will be able to do like you were uh, saying a, a strategy doing like joint ventures and things like that and that will cost you a 
zero dollars to get a product ready and sometime already proven to start with, you know. So opportunities are, are, are there and are not so difficult to find on this side. Um, on the other side, when you are, I think like the struggle is much more for businesses that are starting a side that wants to get an athlete army there. And one thing I've seen sometime is you started this athlete program, you start giving, you know, some time, you get like two, three, four, five, ten athletes, then you forgot to uh, continue to get new athletes because you focus too much on getting, giving them, you know, all this, um, all this uh, um, focus to them that they need. Um, and um, that crumbles fast because what I understand from that point is you constantly need to get fresh new people to promote your stuff and that's time intensive and I was speaking to another uh, another friend of mine that does that and he, he told me I mean and you either go fast because what I, you either uh, go through a network and no problem you either go to a network to start and you get some traction from the from the network or um, or on the other side uh, you need to hire an athlete manager almost an house to manage all yep. this because it's too time consuming. So uh, that's the uh, the other side there. Yeah, and that communication, like I said, I mean, we were, I, I was uh, almost 100% available throughout, I would say at least 10 hours a day where I would get messages on my Facebook. And I remember reply, replying to messages all the time from affiliates like, Everything from, hey, I didn't get my paycheck to uh, this didn't track or this or that or whatever. I mean, like that communication is so critical if you're looking to build out an affiliate marketplace inside of your own business. Yeah, because they're looking to get paid fast. You know, faster yeah. you get paid them and, and the good money that you're going to, to, to give them, they're just going to be happy and they're going to continue pushing. And also, it's, not a, it's, it's also trying to figure out some sort of offers, bonuses, and even like sometimes contests, you always need to feed them with incentive, you know. As much as you fill, that, you fill your, your personal customers or your brand customers with incentives is the same thing that you need to do with your athletes. So it's, it's a lot of time. Yeah, we didn't even talk about contests for affiliates, how to motivate <laughs> affiliates. We didn't talk about any of that stuff because we're running out of time. But that's a whole other conversation of how to be able to, you know, work with them and build that relationship. And there, there's tons of stuff that we could talk about on that. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you this one real quick trick. Everybody believes it's money that motivates, and it's not. It's actually contests and prizes, and it's amazing to me how much they will go bonkers over a three or four hundred dollar TV or a thousand dollar laptop compared to actual cash money. It's it never ceases to amaze me. Absolutely amazes me. And and, and a good example on that is I'm taking again like this ClickFunnel thing, but ClickFunnel they motivate their people with their dream car. You know that's the old right. game about the. Uh, the affiliate uh, part of ClickFunnel is they, they are willing to pay people that have um, the most on their retainer their dream car, you know? So yeah. people are looking for something like that. And uh, like you say, okay. I mean, it's much more than money at the end because what it is, you know, it's $500 per month extra or $1,000 per month or $2,000. Right. What is that, you know, to pay a car, you know, liability right, there, right, you right. know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to use Eric from Shine on because he did a really good job. He's doing a really good job yeah. of this. But uh, he actually has that sword. I don't know if you've seen yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's got that sword, you know. So if you sell so many of the product, he'll send you a, a freaking sword. Yeah. I mean, like this big old medieval sword thing. And it's yeah. like it's such a great talkable thing. Um, totally. So kudos to Eric for yeah, coming up with that. Totally. But, <laughs> that's, a, that's just something I, I love seeing that kind of stuff because that, that makes a brand talkable. And um, – Don, Don, Don Wilson, I think he's probably on still, but he's doing a great job too because he's done all kinds of competitions, oh. all kinds of stuff. I mean, these guys are all doing great things when they're building out their affiliate stuff. And you, those are the type of people that you want to model. People yeah. that are just getting in and just motivating and just seeing what they're doing. Just Those are great, great models. Absolutely. I, th I think it's it's exactly, you know, like we do for us, we reverse engineer, you know, our competitors. And I think yep. the, it's exactly the same kind of concept you should go after is if you see a business with a great or you find a great affiliate strategy, you should go through, in, through it 
insights, see what they're doing, what's the outcome, and model that and bring that to your business as well. You know, it's not going to be easy for sure because you need to adapt and probably is not something that you used to, but that's uh, the part uh, that you should still do, you know. Um, Another thing also, you know, because I went through that uh, contacting share sales, CG Junction and all this kind of, th of stuff. And I was always uh, surprised that, you know, uh, as a store owner, I was trying to leverage Athlete Network from these network. But they were asking me like a lot of money up front to get into their network, you know. As a merchant? As a merchant. So I remember ShareSell to be part of their uh, strategy. They were asking me $5,000 up front to get Whoa. in, you know? So, so things that may have changed since I did this. It was 500 bucks to get in, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, that was it. All I had to do to be able to get in was 500 bucks. I was oh like, my God. Boom, 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 I'm in, man. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I mean, 500 bucks is... When I was there doing it, every one of them was under $1,000. Um, and so for us, the investment to be able to do that, it was like, yeah, for sure, I'm in. Um, now, that said, I also... Instead of just going through the normal, I actually made contact and made friends with a rep. Um, mm. And so I had really great, great reps. Um, and I don't know if Sarah is still there. She moved up, but she was one of the reps that I worked with quite a few times. Um, great person. Um, so it sounds like they may have changed their model a little bit just because of maybe the influx of e-com and, and online stores and stuff. But yeah, when I did it, it was like 500 bucks. Now, again, we're talking five years ago, right? <laughs> so, no, yeah, totally. That's it, crazy. It definitely probably has changed. But um, yeah, you, you definitely want to make sure that you've got your numbers in order. You've got your stuff together because the way their model is set up, it, it, I mean, it can work, but it's probably a lot more competitive now than it was when we did it. Yeah. When probably, we did it, yeah. we, we jumped up to the top 100 within three months and nobody else was like us. So that's, yeah, that's totally crazy. Um, and do you think like, uh, like Sunfrog, some frogs, or I don't know, like others, are um, it, it is viable basically to run a hundred percent of your business on Athlete Network, or it's just a part of it, or it, like like you would suggest. I don't know yeah. if you can get like thirty percent. That's already enough, and run the rest of the traffic in a different <laughs> way. You know. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Get <laughs> up on me. I might get another one here. Um, so. Here's my number one challenge because the, the marketplace has evolved. There's no doubt about it. When we were doing SunFrog, SunFrog as a platform owned the customer 100%. Mm -hmm. There was no extra pixeling. There was no retargeting. There was none of that kind of stuff that was going on. As the market has evolved, it's become more and more important as an affiliate or as a store owner to own your customer. Mm. So when you ask me that question, the caveat or the, the kind of the boundaries that I would put around that is it is okay to use those things as long as you can own your customer. Because now that gives you the opportunity to retarget them. Um, and again, I, I'm using Don because he's such a great example about this. He has a whole thing where you can build out your entire store on his platform and you own it. You own the customers, you own all the retargeting pixels, you own everything. Some of the platforms still haven't evolved to that stage, and so there's still just the regular, you send traffic to them, and they handle everything, and then you get nothing other than the commission on the sale. And that's okay in some situations, but if you're really trying to build your list, like you said, you got to be careful on who you work with, and work with those that are willing to allow you to retarget the customers, to do the follow-up, to do the email list. I mean, there is gold in that email list. I know people that they make more money off their email list than they do off any type of marketing that's out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, you, you cannot underestimate emails till in 2019, and it's going to stay there for, for a long time. It's yeah. it's primarily the, the best way uh, still today to reach your people. So money is in the list and still in it. <laughs> it's a follow-up. Money's in the follow-up. Yeah. Across, across the industry, no matter where I'm at, I don't matter if I'm in e-com products or if I'm service bases or doesn't matter. Whatever businesses that I'm coaching or consulting with, the money is in the follow-up, yeah. 100% of the time. And you need to have – it's not just one specific marketing channel that you follow up. You've got to be following up on multiple channels. Mm -hmm. And 
Again, email, it's like the cheapest way to get your marketing out there. You've got a list. You don't have to pay for anything except for the platform. Why are you not using it? So many people are not using email marketing. Oh, totally. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% away agree. Blown yeah. away by that. Yeah. Totally. So uh, to, to, to end uh, our, our show tonight, can you tell me what is the number one thing that people should remember or should do basically uh, when it comes down to affiliate marketing uh, yeah. for uh, either their store or for as themselves as an affiliate marketer? All right. So I firmly believe that the number one most overlooked aspect as a merchant for your store is all of your costs, so your finances, your budget sheets, and all of your analytics. That is the number one most overlooked thing. So if you go away from this without anything else, know your numbers, know your analytics. That is the number one thing for a merchant. Number two, so when we're looking at the affiliate side, the number one thing for affiliates is build your list. Build that that list because that is the only thing that you're going to be able to own in the future. Like, and if every affiliate marketer went away, you could still have that list and you can still market to them, whether it's on Facebook or Google or YouTube or email marketing, whatever, you still have that list. And now you're not just a flash in the pan. So the one for merchant is know your numbers, know your analytics. The one for affiliates, build your list. That's totally amazing. Tim, it was a total pleasure having you tonight uh, with us. Uh, always amazing talking with you. I mean, the content was mind-blowing. I think a lot of people <laughs> opened their mind to affiliate marketing tonight, <laughs> and I'm oh, glad. It's such a common thing, so I'm so excited for people. Um, it's funny because I've been doing this now for six years, dealing with affiliate marketing. To me, it seems like it's common sense, but I know this is sometimes new, and so I'm excited to be able to share with you guys. It's It's been fun. It's been awesome. And I I'd love to follow up with people if you got questions. I'm, yeah. I'm here for you. I'd love to be able to support you, and I I don't know how I can do that, but I'm, I'm here for you. So Thank you very much, Tim. And uh, anyway, if anyone has direct question or anything uh, with that, uh, they will be either able to post it directly on the video, on uh, the group, uh, on my page, or even on our uh, webpage soon as it's up and running. So, uh, And if people want to reach me, I will put you in touch with Tim. Awesome. And uh, no worries with that. Tim is going to be there to help you, <laughs> well, that's for sure. We're not on Facebook anymore. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, like, reach out to me on Facebook if you need to. There you go. So uh, thank you again, Tim. And uh, guys, see you again next week for another Chill with Phil podcast. Ciao, guys. You've just listened to the Chill with Phil podcast with your host, Phil Kiprianu. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and catch our next episode.